This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe, and you're listening to the PowerCat Post Game Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribing to this show on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to a special edition of the Post Game Review Podcast. After a game like that, Colt Carmody and I said, to the Batcave. Let's get to the studio and record a podcast. And the irony is I uh, had to do the post-game walk and talk in which I didn't really know what to say because it was so damn stunning what I'd just seen on the football field. And now I've decided to commit at least 30 more minutes of my time trying to explain what I just saw from the Kansas State Wildcats. If you missed it, if you don't know what happened, Kansas State uh, won a, a really close game against Oklahoma State. Very, very competitive uh, 48 to nothing. That is the largest shutout of a top 10 team by a lesser ranked team in the history of college football. Ever. Not a K State, ever, anywhere. And it is the fifth largest shutout of a top 10 team, period, with the other four being losses to. Higher ranked teams. The last time a top 10 team was shut out by more than 40 points, I believe, was 1963. I thought it was 67. Or 67? Was it 67? Might have been 67. I've got it on my phone. I could check, but... It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's just say this. We're sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. And I want you to go celebrate that historic K-State victory... By going to Caddyshack Golf, it's Caddy with two T's, CaddyshackGolf.com, and get you something. Go get you a pullover, a polo. I don't care if you don't, if you golf or not. It is sweet, sweet merch. There is a visor on the website. It's white. It has a little script case state on it. It's very nice. A visor. Go get your stoops on and buy a visor. Gundy's visor was not very good tonight. Cole, was there ever a, a series of events that would have led you to believe this could happen? Uh, the, the blowout of 40-plus points, no. Did I see a scenario where K-State won and maybe in convincing fashion? I would yeah. say maybe if Spencer Sanders got hurt. I mean, we saw what Gunnar Gundy had at the end of the game. Oh. That would have been the only way. And while Spencer Sanders did end up coming out of the game with an injury, I'm not sure exactly what happened to him, but they did show him on the TV coming out of the game. Yeah, I don't think anybody in their right mind saw K-State just running away with this game. It was impressive. 
Will Howard was absolutely phenomenal, just phenomenal in this football game. Uh, and I see a lot of people out there doing Mia Copas, you know, re- retracting everything they've said bad about the kid. And maybe throwing a little love for Chris Kleiman, who who said last year famously they have the best backup in college football, and then Will never showed it on the field. But everyone I have spoken with during Will Howard's time here, after the pandemic, has said how good he is in practice. And it finally has slowed down for him. He looks like he's in charge out there. And after that first half at TCU, in which I thought they backed off the offense, Colin Klein called a brilliant game. He he just seemed to dial up the right plays at the right times, including a, a little screen pass that caught OSU in a blitz that Cade Warner took to the house. Man, I, I everything just went right for K-State from the very start when they convert a fourth and 10 at the Oklahoma State 38 with a just a beautiful throw and catch between Howard and Cade Warner. Deuce Vaughn gets loose for a 62-yard touchdown. Phillip Brooks on a 31-yard touchdown pass. The the Warner slip screen that I mentioned, a little receiver screen, 41-yard pass. And then Deuce Vaughn goes in from uh, a yard out on a pass, a, a great catch. To make it 35 to nothing at halftime. <laughs> This game was over at halftime, and they essentially did to Oklahoma State what they couldn't do to TCU. They slammed the door on them. There was no way they were going to come back from that. And then Ty Zentner kicked a pair of field goals. He took over the field goal kicking this week, and I imagine um, there's no reason to change that out. Uh, we'll see how that progresses. And then, of course, DJ Giddens rounded it out with a really nice nine-yard run in the fourth quarter as the backups were in at that point to get you to 48 to nothing to nothing. And through all of this, we we want to talk about Will Howard, but Cole, the defense was brilliant. The defense without Daniel Green. Nick Nick Allen was a man. It 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 just it defies logic, Fitz. I mean everything we had been talking about all week. And and I was honestly more optimistic than probably anybody else in, in the local media at yep. least. I felt like that K State had a good chance. If they got Josh Hayes and Julius Prince both back out there on the field that would help make up for the loss of Daniel Green because, as as we talked about on on the Friday walkthrough, I, I felt like they would limit Nick Allen and Desmond Purnell's playing time a little bit by having some nickel. Maybe they would play a little bit more safeties and corners. They did that, but Nick Allen, when he was out there, played outstanding. And he, you're right, he led the team in tackles. And and Nick Allen, it's kind of it's interesting because when I was in high school, that he was in high school. I, I don't feel that old that often, um, but seeing a guy like that who is what well, he's a fifth year senior now, um, who's gone through everything, he led the state in tackles his senior year at high school on a Blue Valley Southwest team that was absolutely terrible. He comes to K State, and as somebody you know who had played against and around him growing up, it was one of those things to where, okay, you kind of shake your head, you're like, is he good enough to play here? He makes an impact on special teams. He waits his time, and he is a grown man on the football field. Fitz, he came into that post game media press conference. I, he looks like he's like thirty five. If you haven't seen him, he's bald. He's got a massive beard, and he plays like he has his hair that he doesn't have on fire. He looks like an extra from Vikings. Yeah. It looks like he looks like he's been cast on, on on a Viking show. It's. Yeah, it was it was absolutely amazing. Jake Clifton ends up being the backup 
middle linebacker when they realized that they weren't going to have Daniel Green um, because uh, – just space off his name. Bo Palmer. Bo, yep. yep. Uh, got injured this week, so he's lost for the season. So I think you know Clifton's going to continue to play that. We don't know Daniel Green's status. Something odd that Chris Kleiman said that Clifton will be the backup linebacker the rest of the season. I'm like, oh, you mean third string? Mm-hmm. So is Daniel done? Uh, that was a little concerning how he said that. Maybe he just meant he'll be playing there the rest of the season because they do need a third guy because they didn't have one. Well, and it makes me too wonder, um, are you hesitant to bring Daniel back unless he's 100%? I mean, obviously next week we got a lot of time before them, but you do have a B. John Robinson from Texas coming in. who That run game will look a little bit different than it did today against Oklahoma State. So maybe there is a little bit more added emphasis on trying to get Deuce Green back. But, I mean, literally I felt like the defense, it was the best they've played all season long because this is an Oklahoma State team fits 45 points a game. That is third in the country. I would be curious to know the stats on if a team who is at this point in the season averaged more than 40 points per, per game has ever been shut out, period. I doubt that's ever happened. Mm. I, I'm sure you could go find, you know, some stat where it happened in, you know, in the, in, in the 60s like, like we saw earlier. But there's no way that a team that averages more than 40 points per game, third in the nation, to hold them to zero points. This is the best defensive performance, not just by a K-State team, but by any team, any unit, any single unit in the entire country this season. That's not an exaggeration. Will Howard, 21 of 37 completions, 296 yards, four touchdowns, was not sacked. He had a fairly clean pocket all day long. He did run around a little bit, but uh, you know those numbers are good. Uh, But they're not. They're not flawless. And he, he admitted this in the postgame press conference that they missed opportunities. They, he missed some passes, some receivers dropped balls. He wasn't as accurate as he wanted to be at times. Uh, is there a quarterback controversy, Cole? I mean, where, where are we at with this? He's played two games. He could play two more and keep his red shirt. Um, I'm, I'm fearing that Adrian's injury is going to be chronic. Because he, after two weeks, he took one hit to re-aggravate it. He tried to go. He prepared. I think he would have played if something had happened to Will. He would have come in. Um, not once it became a blowout, probably. But um, Will Howard, I, I think you take you burn the red shirt. I, you, I, and that doesn't mean you make him the starting quarterback. I just think you need to give him some time on the field once in a while. And, and I'm with you. A hundred percent on that. And somebody asked me, I was talking to my dad on the way out of the stadium. And he, that's the first thing everybody wants to know, right? What are they going to do at quarterback? I think if Adrian's healthy enough to start, which by all signs, if it was a game time decision, literally a game time decision um, this week, you would think one more extra week and he would be good to go. Uh, I don't, I, I think that he'll start if he's healthy. I think Adrian's earned that. He has that reputation. He's completely turned his season around. He earns that opportunity to come back. Now you can make an argument that Will Howard has earned the starting quarterback role. And I'll agree with you. I think Will Howard has played tremendous, but I also think that the three games in conference play we've seen from Adrian Martinez has, have been very steady. 
And there's going to be ups and downs with any team, just like there's going to be ups and downs with any quarterback with Will. But I think Adrian has earned that opportunity to where if he is healthy, he should get the go. And if he struggles, if he doesn't feel the 100%, you know that you have Will Howard who can come in, who can win you football games. And let's be honest, Fitz, the Will Howard we saw today, you want to talk about this red shirt all you want. Okay, say they use this red shirt, he would technically have next year, the year after that, and then the year after that. So he could theoretically play for three more seasons. If Will Howard is any good, if he plays like he did today, he won't be around three more seasons. At this point, with the talent he has, he just needs two years, and he could potentially play at the next level. I think this red shirt is out of the question. I think if he can help you win games, you play him. I agree. I agree. And and I think, you know, Adrian's still the starter. There's no doubt about it. Um, but you're going to have to find a time to get him in. Maybe play them both together at some point. I don't know. Um, you know, it, it. they can do some interesting things if they decide not to redshirt him. We'll, uh, we'll figure that out as we go um, later into the season. We'll see what Chris Kleiman says at Tuesday's press conference. But I'm with you. I, <clears throat> the thought of him... Um, being around three more seasons after this doesn't feel tangible. I mean, he's either going to wash out or he's going to play like this and he's going to be gone. So You realize, Fitz, if that does happen, they keep the red shirt on him. Will Howard will have played in parts of six seasons. He'll, he will have made at least one start in six consecutive seasons at K-State. Think about that. That's literally impossible any other time besides covid um again it's kind of a hyperbole i don't think that that's going to happen but uh, i it just it speaks to the kind of kid that will howard is the fact that he you know you listen to his post game interviews he said i didn't transfer because i loved it here i trusted the coaches i trusted the locker room i love those guys that shows on the field because the chemistry that he has with his receivers right now is remarkable I mean, for not being able to practice with the ones for pretty much the entire season, he gets thrown into it this week, and he comes out, and Malik Knowles, 13 targets, 8 receptions, 113 yards. Cade Warner, 97 yards. Phillip Brooks, 41 yards. Uh, The three guys that we have questioned all year, are they going to be able to step up the receiver position? Will Howard made them look like all Big 12 performers? And I just, I'm going to put this out there. There was talk about some of those guys not wanting to play if Will Howard was quarterback because he was inaccurate. Uh, I just, it's, I've never seen anything like this. Uh, how a kid has reinvented himself. Cole, the students carried him off the field like he had just slayed Goliath. Now, look, Oklahoma State's good, but, um, I, I mean, he deserved it. I'm not saying that it was it was amazing. It was dumbfounding what we watched. They went for it on fourth and ten, and he threw a touchdown pass, a 38 yard, just drop it in a bucket touchdown pass. That's when you knew the game. You knew they were going to win that game at that point. I'm sitting there, and I tell you, why are they going for this on fourth and five? I understand, but fourth and ten, punt the ball, punt the ball, punt the ball, punt the ball. Chris Kleiman said it after the game. We're either going to get it or we're going to die trying. Cade Warner said it after the game. A player in sports who has nothing to lose is the scariest person on the field. 
Will Howard has nothing to lose. K-State has nothing to lose rolling him out there. And you could tell that offensive game plan was impressive. Mm -hmm. Colin Klein completely changed things. And, And he can say, oh, the game plan doesn't change that much with Will and Adrian. No, I don't believe that whatsoever because Will Howard ran the ball for five times. You don't think that if Adrian – you think if Adrian Martinez in, was in, they would have only ran the ball five times? I'm going to tell you they would have ran the ball at least 15 times with Adrian Martinez in the game. Will Howard, just like we talked about on the questions podcast, he came out, he slung that ball around, and um, it, it was the best quarterback performance at K-State since – I don't know. I mean – I don't know. It was it was remarkable. Deuce Vaughn did carry the ball 22 times. That was a much heavier load than I thought we'd see from him, and maybe that went up when Adrian Martinez went out. Um, he ran for 158, and, of course, that 162-yard touchdown. That I think that really sucked the life out of that Oklahoma State defense. To, they were selling out to stop the run. They were willing to you know see if Will Howard could complete passes, and he started to show that, and then Deuce just runs right through the middle of your defense and outruns your secondary. I think at that point they knew we're in big trouble here. We can't stop the run, we can't stop the pass, and we can't move the ball. It was just a, it was just a unholy convergence of awful for Oklahoma State in this game. And I will be curious um, as we prepare to go to break where this moves K State in the rankings, where it moves Oklahoma State in the rankings, and why do I have this weird feeling that somehow, some way, Texas is going to get end up ranked above K-State. Just somehow it's going to work that way. We'll be back after this short break on the PowerCat Post Game Review Podcast sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, the leaders in K-State sports coverage. We'll be right back with more of the PowerCat Post Game Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Kansas State's Felix and Yudike Uzama. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Review Podcast. You're getting two. That's what's going to happen here. It's not just road games now. Apparently, uh, if K-State wants to play this way, we'll do a second postgame review podcast. Brian Hanley and I will uh, talk either Sunday or Monday uh, and give you that version of it. I'm really anxious to hear what he has to say. But tonight, post-game-wise, I've got Cole Carmody here because Brian Hanley is having his annual Halloween party. What is he dressing up as? I, I can't remember. He told me, but I can't remember. It's not easy for us big guys. Is he going to dress up as an offensive lineman? That'd be a good costume. Just dig into his closet. He should dress up as that guy uh, who does the the basketball shooting that you know is really awful, that chucks it over the backboard. I know exactly who you're talking about. I mean, Brian Hanley did play college basketball. Did you know that? I I did not know that. He did. Wow. He was the first ever uh, point post guard. He could post you up as a point guard. I think the most popular costume in Aggieville 
tonight, Saturday night, is going to be that offensive line. Cooper Beebe, Hayden Gillum, all those guys. Fitz, that offensive line was so impressive today. I, I, Every week I sit there and I say, this offensive line, if they can play well, K-State is going to move the ball offensively. They played well. They played extraordinarily well. We talked about this on the Friday walkthrough. One thing that I felt like K-State could expose Oklahoma's def- Oklahoma State's defense was the run up the middle, the inside zones, the powers, the counters. Deuce Vaughn ran between the tackles like Christian Okoye today. I mean, he was running over people. He was making people miss. I mean, the round rock nightmare. Deuce Vaughn running between the tackles. That is something that K-State fans, if he can do that, you should be happy. Because that means K State is doing something right. Man, it was. Uh, they just showed him. We've got the TV on here in the studio, and they just showed that Deuce Vaughn around, and it was so well blocked. And he read it perfectly. You give Deuce that little crease, and he sees the green in front of him. Holy cow. He outran dudes, just outran them. They couldn't catch him. He looked healthy today, by the way. Yeah, I don't know what they did with him, but he looked like Deuce Vaughn again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was really nice, and I feel good for Malik Knowles as we continue this podcast. Uh, Thirteen targets, eight catches, one hundred and thirteen yards. After completion, his yak was forty-seven yards. Should have had a touchdown too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. How was that not a touchdown? I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know how that wasn't a touchdown. The he ref- literally was laying in the end zone. Are, are the referees were not good today. That is one thing that if it would have been a closer game, people would have been up in oh. arms. Those guys were not good today. Between spotting the ball, between missing about a million holding calls, some iffy pass interference. I don't understand I, the referee's name. I'm. It's usually on here. I'm sure if I. Scott, I believe, is his first name. Scott Campbell. Scott Campbell. That is the muscle guy. If for those of you keeping track at home. That crew, it just seems like every time K-State has them, something happens. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't quite get it. Uh, this is the same Texas Tech crew when the whistle blew, when Julius Brents got the interception, and he came and said, oh, there's nothing, it's a first down. Like mm-hmm. They just find ways to screw things up. I don't know, but it didn't matter. K-State was on a roll today, but, yeah, I mean, there's really nothing that they did wrong. I mean, that's, we're sitting in the post-game press conference. What did K-State do wrong? It's like, I don't know what they did wrong. I I should have asked Coach Kleiman about the uh, penalty on the sideline, if that was the low light of the game. What, just that call alone. I've never seen that called without a sideline warning. Yeah, I, I didn't know you could do that. A coach ran into an official. Maybe it's because the official wasn't paying attention and yeah. ran into the coach. Yeah. Yeah, I get the rule, but usually you give a warning. And uh, just anyhow. Yeah, it's nice to complain about officiating after a forty-eight to nothing win, but there was some strangeness here. But I, poor Felix, um, he, he was held so often. I, I'm just astonished. One was just right in front of Scott Campbell, the white hat, just right in front of him. The lineman has him just a grip on him as he as Felix has passed him, and he just lets it go. Where does Oklahoma State go from here? Oh wow! I mean. This is this is how do you respond from this kind of loss? If if K State would have won, you know, in the fashion that happened against TCU with Oklahoma State, where they came all the way back and TCU ends up beating them um, in overtime, you know, you can respond from that, and they did. But how do you respond from a loss, forty eight to nothing? You're the number ten, number nine team in the country. I know they got to go to KU next. Coming off of a bye. Fitz, the Jayhawks might get that game. They just might find a way, especially if Jalen Daniels is healthy, to steal that game because 
much like their in-state rivals, Oklahoma, K-State may have exposed the Cowboys here a little bit. Yep. They go to Kansas next week. They have Iowa State and West Virginia still coming into Stillwater with Oklahoma in the middle of that. They close the year with maybe the three worst teams in the conference. This game, dude, they were basically in the title game. They win this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't see them losing any of those final four, but you might be right. They might have been exposed. Did they look right past K-State? Did they think we've beaten Texas? You know, we're now in control of this spot. K-State's nothing. We've been handling them. I, I felt like they weren't prepared for this game. But if I'm an Oklahoma State fan, I'm fuming mad that they came off of two really great performances. I mean, they they played TCU to the wire. They beat a really good Texas team, and then they just come and don't even look like they care about this game. And there's no excuse for it. I mean, there's literally no excuse for it. I mean, we sat up in the press box and we're just marveling at the defense. They did not know how to get lined up. They're down by 28 points in the first half. They don't know where to line up. They it's were not bad. like they were lost. And it's not like K-State was doing anything crazy offensively. They lined up and said, we're better than you and we're going to beat you. That's what they did. And Oklahoma State had no idea what to do. I mean, this loss is as much as on the as on the coaches as it is on the players. Anytime you lose by this much, the coaches have to take a look in the mirror yep. because there's something that went awfully wrong in Stillwater. They week. they literally couldn't get lined up at times. They were moving around, and I don't know if they're trying to you know confuse Kansas State's blocking schemes, but I think they confuse themselves. They wanted to take away the run; that was their number one thing. They didn't fear Will Howard. Well. Everyone's going to have to respect Will Howard's ability to throw the ball now. He's done it in back-to-back games. He's he's shown something next level. Cole, we went from talking about redshirting Will Howard so he could be the bridge guy to get to Avery Johnson, and now we, we we're putting him in the NFL. <laughs> I'm ready to build a statue next to Bill Snyder out there. I'm going to get a whole bunch of copper shipped in. It's cheap, cheap stuff, yeah. And then just uh, I'm going to handcraft this. He's kind of a Bill Snyder quarterback. He's got that toughness. He's got that grit. And I'm sorry, but I look at Will Howard and the type of person he is, the type of kid he is. He reminds me of his offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. He's not as nifty a runner. No, he's not. But just the way he's so positive. Oh, it's it's, it's crazy. He's a wonderful kid. It's 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 weird to a sense. And and Adrian's like that too. I mean, I think people, you know – how many times have we heard, oh, Colin Klein, you know, he's got to figure out the offensive play calling. There's so many things that go wrong. But if people are failing to realize that this is his first season calling the plays. He's basically a freshman offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to do that. And when you are given a team that has this much talent, it can be even harder to do that sometimes. But he's making it work. And I, I talked about this after the press conference with Chris Kleiman on Tuesday. I put him in, in, in the in the – in the notes I do that you can, uh, for our subscribers, um, I said the aggressiveness went away against TCU, but don't expect that to happen again. People were kind of, oh, I'll believe it when I see it. The very last thing I said um, was Kleiman specifically mentioned how he would have gone for it had they missed, had he known that they would have missed the field goal against TCU. You know what they did, Fitz? It was fourth and five. We mentioned it earlier. They went for it. You know what their fourth down conversion rate was tonight? Three of three. He trusts his offense. He trusts Will Howard. 
And man, when a quarterback and a coach trust one another, beautiful things can happen. Yep. It was uh, an impressive day. Um, the funniest post-game field storming, because it wasn't really a storm. It was kind of like, okay, we'll go out there. We talked about in the post-game. I don't think the students go on the field if they don't bring security over to act like they were going to. They were just like, oh, you expect to storm the field? Okay, we will then. <laughs> and they just kind of meandered out there. Um, it was kind of a cool scene at the end. With uh took forever to get through post-game because – I mean, you got Will Howard being carried off the field and uh, just what a surreal day to cover college. I love covering college football. Now, we don't see many blowouts in this conference because it's so competitive. But, you know, now this and the Texas win over Oklahoma just kind of jump out at you in a season which it seems like almost every game's coming down to the wire. You just got these two anomalies of just huge blowouts. Well, we'll see where this leads, K-State. Next week, they do have Texas. The game kicks at 6. It's on FS1 as of now. There is a World Series game scheduled for Fox that night, but if someone runs away with the series, there won't be a game in a week. So um, it could get shifted over to Fox. Before we finish the podcast, I want to ask you this. Is the team you saw today the best team in the Big 12? Yeah, the team I saw today. Unfortunately, they haven't. You know, I I know this. I know if I'm TCU, I'm like, oh, crap. You know, we might have to see this team again. We beat them, but there was kind of a flukish feel to it. I mean, honestly, because they did come back, but they came back in big part because K-State was down to its third quarterback. You know, I mean, I think that. You just look at that game. If Will Howard doesn't get hurt in the second half, K-State might win that game. The game against TCU was more fluky than the game today against Oklahoma State. Good point. Think about that. A game in which K-State lost on the road by 10 points was more fluky than a game at home in which they beat the number nine team in the country 48 to nothing. You cannot argue that. That is a fact. K-State dominated today. They had better players at every single position. Every single thing, they did better than Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State made some mistakes, sure, kind of. They fumbled. They threw some interceptions. But credit K-State because they caused them. There was no flukiness that happened in this game. There was against TCU. Mm. Mm -mm. It's It's amazing. Got to get Texas. You absolutely have to get Texas now. Maybe this starts the Chris Kleiman redemption tour. Um, we got Will Howard off the hook now. He's beaten Mike Gundy for the first time. He hasn't beaten Texas. He hasn't beaten Baylor. And those are the next two opponents before finishing up with West Virginia and Kansas. The opportunity is there for Kansas State to take control of a spot in the Big 12 title game by beating Texas next week. Can they do it? I know this. I hope Tim Brando isn't calling the game. <laughs> and my folks, I think K-State feels the same way. Remember, we're sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. The great people at Caddyshack, they're K-Staters. It's locally owned. Go check out their website. It's Caddy with two Ts, caddyshackgolf.com. Use the code GPC for free shipping. Thank you, dude. And buy yourself something to celebrate an incredible, remarkable, and, yes, historic Kansas State victory over Oklahoma State. 
Make sure you look for our second post-game review podcast when Brian Hanley, post-Halloween party, and I talk about the team that dressed up like K-State as axe murderers and killed themselves some cowboys. And before we let you go, there's only one way to properly end this podcast. Let's hear from Will Howard and his post-game press conference. You can't help but love the guy. I mean, he is a great young man, a great representative of the school. And I'll ask you this. If you ever booed Will or any other K-State player, maybe reconsider doing that because Will Howard booed a lot of people wrong, including myself. Just another day at the office for Will Oh, yeah, Howard. just another day at the office. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Getting carried off, you know, how did it feel? What was the emotions going through your head looking up at that scoreboard? <laughs> you know, I, I finished up my, uh, my interview with TV, and then all of a sudden I'm just getting raised up. I was like, what's going on? You know, it was, it was kind of funny, but, uh, you know, that was really cool. That was, you know, something I'm going to remember for a long time and, uh, you know, something that, you know, I'll cherish for forever. Talk about your preparation throughout the week. Yeah, you know, we, uh, we didn't know who was going. And, uh, you know, it was truly a game time decision. But, you know, we both knew that no matter what happened, we were going to we were going to be ready. And uh, the game plan didn't change. And, you know, we executed, you know, I feel like the best we have. But the thing is, and the thing that makes me feel good is that there's still plays out there that we didn't make and that, you know, things that we can clean up. And uh, that's really cool. How confident were you out there? I felt really confident. And, and the things that, you know, you know, after two years of kind of, you know, some, some struggles, some trials, um, you know, it's kind of cliche. People say like, you know, it'll, the game will slow down for you. And the game has definitely slowed down for me. Um, and it, it's really cool to have the guys around me that are making the plays that they are, you know, an O-line that barely lets me get touched. And you, know, you just look around and um, I've been saying, you see that look in, in everybody's eye. And, and, and everybody had that look today. It was like, you know, we're, we're not, we're not stopping until, you know, that clock says zero and we're keeping the foot on the gas and, and that's what we did and it was a heck of a game. You go from fourth and five to fourth and ten and still go for it. What's going through your mind? Uh the mission is the mission. You know, we're 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 going for it. And uh and I love that about Coach Kleiman. I love that about Coach Klein. We're we're gonna stay aggressive no matter what. Um and and the thing is, you know, we have we had a good game plan, and that was that was, you know, we were all confident in that. We knew that we were going to call a good play, and uh, and we made the play. Well, can you describe how you might just fit this offense a little bit better at this point? Yeah, having a ton of success with it. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, I I, you know, with having Coach Klein and, and the things that we've done, um, it's worked, and uh, you know, it, it it feels good when when you're able to pitch the ball out to guys like Malik and Deuce, and and they make guys miss, like that one play where Malik just like made a guy miss and went for 20 more um it's a blessing for me because i'm i'm not doing all that work i'm just you know making a little easy pass and, and let him do the rest um and that that's a credit to those guys because they man they they work their tails off and it, it's fun to have a bunch of guys that you can trust to make plays did you expect to take as many shots down the field as you did going in? We knew we had, you know, we knew we had a lot of, of down the field shots. We knew they were going to play a lot of man coverage and and that we could uh, expose them. And uh, I think we did a really good job. We knew, you know, we just had to win in man coverage. And I was confident in my guys, and, and they did just that. And we had a couple of plays dialed up that were that were really good down the field. And that one to fill was really good. Was it poetic two years ago what happened against Oklahoma State to now do what you did today against the same team? Yeah, you know, definitely, you know, losing to them two years, playing against in two years um definitely felt like i i wanted this one for sure you know um but i mean like we always say it's another game on the schedule can't look too much into that um but it was it was really really good to get that win and i mean 
a really good team. And, uh, you know, credit to the defense. They pitched a shutout against a really, really good Oklahoma State team. What would you like the nation to know about this team? We're confident. We're, we feel good right now. Um, and, you know, we just played a really good game today against a, a really good team and beat them 48 nothing. Like, uh, you know, we have a lot of confidence, um, a lot of a lot of great talent, and uh, the 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 nice thing is that we haven't played our best game, and that's still in front of us. Well, before this week, how much time did you spend every week practicing with the the first team offense? Not much, you know, because you know going into this year, it was it was I was going to redshirt, and uh, you know, obviously I knew that if needed, you know, I was going to come in and play. So <clears throat> uh, I, I spent some time with you know with the ones during fall camp and. And we, uh, but you know, since Adrian's been been rolling, it's kind of been him. I've gotten some, you know, some reps, but you know, I've stayed ready, and you know, that that's all I, that's all you can do when you're when you're a, a backup in, in my position. You just keep working, you know, doing doing what you can, and, uh, and staying ready. You still have two more games to protect the red shirt if you want. Uh, given a choice, is that still how you'd like to roll? Or yeah, I mean, I, I'm 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 all for the team, and. Uh, and you know whatever happens happens. I don't know you know what the deal is with Adrian and what what what's going on. So I guess we'll just take it one day at a time. What does it mean to now be bowl eligible and get the sixth win for some of these guys on the team? Yeah, it's it's really cool. Obviously, going to a bowl is a big deal, but I feel like we have bigger goals than that. You know, and uh, uh, this is far from far from the end for us. You know, last week at TCU, Coach Cly and a couple of guys were saying that you know after that loss, you know if you want to keep competing in the conference, the destiny's in your hands. You know how kind of nice is that doing that kind of oh yeah taking that step. We knew that you know we control our own destiny and everything we want is still out in front of us. And you know doing this today definitely helped that, but you know there's still a lot of work to be done. And uh, you know facing a good Texas team next week, so enjoy this one for the next 24 hours and then get back to work. How important was that last struggle, Coach? You've had you discussed some of the struggles you've had the last two years. How much has it meant that Chris Kleiman kind of stuck with you no matter what? Yeah, it's 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 huge when when you know when your coach has confidence in you, and you can feel that when you're out on the field. You know, you can feel when you know the play caller when you're when you're when your play caller has confidence in you. Um, it makes a world of difference, and you know, being able to go out there and and play the game that we played today, um, and and do the things that we did offensively. And we showed some some spurts of it last week, but really did it today. And you know, like I keep saying, there's so much more that we can do, and uh, some plays that we left out there. And that's to me, that's scary. How important was that last touchdown of the of the first half to, to go up by thirty? That was huge. That was huge. We knew we we needed points, um, and we knew we wanted to, you know, on that third down, we wanted to throw the ball um, so that we had the you know the field goal in our back pocket. But you know, I said. We're scoring this football, and uh, and Deuce made a heck of a catch on it. Um, you know, we got him in a look that we wanted, and uh, it paid off. And you know, going in 35 nothing versus 20, 28 nothing is a big difference. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Thank you.